0: Good afternoon, it's Sarah with you and we're joined by Cheryl Shaw. Hello, Cheryl. Good afternoon, Sarah. We're flying solo again today. We've had a vet that's sick at the last minute. They can't pop in. Dr. Bob, we hope you're okay. We're thinking of you, Dr. Bob. We are thinking of you, but look, we've done it before. And we, we, you know, we pass with flying colours, so we're going to do it again. We're doing Pet Chat today. And, of course, you can take calls on a number of different topics as well. Absolutely. And for anyone that does call today, we do have a couple of our vouchers. We'll tell you all about that shortly. And, Cheryl, you're looking at something pretty exciting today, therapy dogs. Yeah, some little miracles. Oh, they are. They're beautiful. Now, Michelle, in Georgetown, you've got a Maltese. And a question for Cheryl today is how to keep them calm. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it is, thank you. Michelle,
2: how old are your Maltese? He's one today. One today, so he's still only a puppy one.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. What's, what What? seems to create the noise? What is it that he reacts to?
1: And um, When we get visitors, he gets so excited and we can't, quite keep, can't keep him calm.
2: Right, so it's not barking all of the time, it's just excitement when somebody's arriving. Yes. Okay, there's a couple of ways you can go about that. One is when you know somebody's coming over is to pop his leash on and if you give some little treats and get him to sit when the um, visitors are coming in and give him yeah. some little treats and that can often help take that real excitability away and he's getting rewarded for being on the leash and being quiet. So that's one way to go about it. He is quite yeah. young, so a little bit more training is probably a way to go about keeping him a bit calm.
1: yeah and you tried to click that? we tried to click that. And that didn't seem to work.
2: Yeah, so often clickers, um, unless you're re- doing that all the time and responding with clickers, it doesn't seem to work. But I can really say that if you get some little treat rewards, like a little bit of liver, a little bit of root chew, cut those up small and put them in a container near your door for where your visitors are coming and yes. get him to sit. And when he's sitting, he'll be quiet. He won't be barking because he'll be expecting those little rewards that he can get. And that really should help with the barking because he is quite young, so he's still very trainable
1: yeah okay okay thank you very
0: much my pleasure that's good advice Cheryl because we have the same with our Maltese he's great until there's a knock on the door and Gizmo goes crazy so I often have to get my guest text beforehand (laughs) when they're on their way so I can sit with him and try and calm him and you know so he doesn't sort of lose the plot when there's a knock on the door
2: yeah Sarah just keeping some treats near the door and his leash you can just pop that leash on even though he may be barking at the other people on the other side but giving him the command to Sit and give him some treats. That will quieten him down because there is great excitement when anybody arrives yeah. to visit you. So it's not unusual. And he's
0: doing his job. I think That's he's right. protecting the house yep. and letting us know that there's someone there. Okay, we've got Rob from Newcastle on the line now. Have you got a question about hydrotherapy? Yeah. Oh, Rob, you've you've you're all broken up there. I'm sorry, we can't hear you at all.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, sorry, Rob. Maybe give us a call back when you get a clearer line because for whatever reason... Yeah, we can't hear Rob, unfortunately. But he did have a question about hydrotherapy. Now, that's something that you do um, at Dog Overboard, isn't it, Cheryl? It is. We have a hydrotherapist
2: as well um, in our swimming pool. But you can use the pool for not just hydrotherapy. You can use it for swimming, so for exercise, um, and it's safe. A lot of places, you know, you might have a dog that runs away, so taking them to the beach, it can be quite dangerous if they're not going to return to you. So the pool is fabulous for weight loss, for um, building up muscles if they've had surgery, um, Um, so that there's no atrophy occurring, and it's really good.
0: Okay, so Mm. is it good for those older dogs as well that might have a bit of arthritis and, um, you know, the joints aren't what they used to be? (laughs) thinking of myself actually i should get in a pool but is that the sort of thing that it, that really does benefit sort of the older dogs and dogs that might have an injury yeah particularly for dogs who are older because often they're sedentary so we, you know that laying around
2: just makes not everything happy so we get the blood working flowing through the, flowing through the body so that that oxygenated blood helps with things like arthritis and you know for those dogs that have a little bit of muscle wastage as well so that atrophy
0: often would you recommend doing it Cheryl like is this something you can do once a week or we have lots of clients who do
2: once a week we have some dogs who come you know two or three times a week just depends on what their level um, of illness or what it what it is quite that we're looking at doing and what you're trying to achieve we have some people who just come in to exercise their dogs particularly kelpies who love to um, chase a ball when it's thrown in the pool and so they get a lot of swimming so it keeps them really healthy and
0: happy really good idea and once again heading into summer it's getting hotter it would be quite Quite a nice relief for the dogs too no yeah, it's doubt. lovely mm. but right now we're looking at miracle assistance dogs and we've got a lovely guest on today cheryl please introduce yes welcome are you there fudge yes i am
2: thank you so much for joining us today now you're the director of training for miracle assistance dogs can you tell us what the organization is all about
1: miracle assistance dogs trains Sorry, I'll start that again. Miracle Assistance Dogs trains dogs to help people who are living with disability. Now, we do that several ways. Uh, We can either train the dog for the person so they can apply to us for that dog. And the other way is that they can actually come along to our dog school over at Waratah. So we're not too far away and they can train their own pet dog to be their assistance dog.
2: Oh, okay. So with that training of their dogs, is there any particular breed of dogs that you look for or what type of dogs come along?
1: Well, the dog needs to be able to do the task that's required. So um, people are often surprised that you can use quite a lot of different breeds. A chihuahua, for instance, is fantastic for diabetic alert. Uh, if you're looking for a dog to do seizure response, you might need something a little bit larger like a golden retriever. Um, but we do have someone using a cattle dog at the moment for that type of work. And amazingly, we have a lady with incomplete paraplegia using a little Maltese cross chayitzu.
0: Oh, wow. That's oh. incredible. <laughs> I didn't know I mean, you could use all of
2: those breeds. No. I had no idea. Because like you were yeah. saying before, Sarah, you were looking at those golden retrievers. It's a dog that you expect to do that's sort of right. that type of work. Well, that's really interesting, Fudge, that they, they any breed of dog. So do you, um, when the training school that you have at Waratah, can people just come along or what's what's the system? What do they do to get involved yep. with their dog?
1: They need to contact us through info at miracleassistancedogs.org.au and we'll send them out the relevant paperwork. Um, Other than that, once we've got that paperwork there, they come along to the dog school. It's $30 a year to join the organisation and $10 a week for their training class. And for those that need a little bit of extra support, we have an extra program on that's $40 a month that they can come along to. And that helps solve any problems that they might be having. We do teach a lot of theory to try and help people um, understand how their dog's mind works and that helps alleviate some of the problems that they might normally experience with um, young dogs, for instance, or dogs that like to bark. Uh, it's surprising. We do have dogs come along that people have adopted from rescue groups or the RSPCA, and when those dogs come along, they might present with a few different problems that the person is not used to handling or doesn't know quite what to do. And um, that was the case with the little dog I was telling you about, the Maltese cross who It was a little bit of a barker, wasn't too happy to be touched. Now that dog is happy to meet everybody, um, absolutely loves the world, and is opening doors and drawers, closing them, picking up lost items or finding lost items, picking them up, giving them back to the owner in her wheelchair. That's amazing. It is amazing, isn't
2: it? Yeah and um, so anybody basically can attend the training and you identify problems with the dogs, is that right? right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so long as that person has a um, disability that they're trying to train that dog for, we can certainly help them out. Occasionally, of course, there is the situation where that particular dog is not suited to the work that they um, require the dog to do. But quite often, we get a surprise ourselves. Quite often, we find dogs that we wouldn't think would be suitable for that work, and they prove us wrong, which is lovely. Yeah,
2: with the training, the training would obviously be very different than obedience training, wouldn't it?
1: Look, there has to be a high level of obedience, so we do do the obedience training as well, but we use positive reinforcement and a lot of patience. So we're using clicker, food reward, and patience, and the way that we use our patience is if we ask the dog to do something and we've been training on that particular level and it doesn't quite seem to be able to do what we want just yet, we'll just wait a while. And usually with waiting, the dog starts to think about what is it. What is it that we want? You know, we're not asking it to do anything. What happened? And often they'll just figure that out for themselves. So and as a result, sorry, go on.
2: It's making the dog think.
1: It is. It's teaching them to problem solve. So we have dogs out there that were trained to be uh, brace dogs, for instance, now doing diabetic alert. Oh, because they wonderful. figured that out all by themselves. Mm.
2: So, when you're placing these dogs, is it just with children, or is it with adults, or who who really benefits from this?
1: Anyone who has a disability is going to benefit if the dog can provide tasks that help alleviate some of the symptoms of their disability. We have a lovely little girl over at Carrington. Um, her name is um, Amber, and Amber has one of our dogs called Aslan. Amber is on the autism spectrum, and this dog is making a difference between whether she can have her hair cut or not. She used to go along to the hairdressers with mum and get pinned down to have a haircut. Now she just takes off her shoes and socks, puts them on top of the dog, and has a haircut while she's oh, in the oh, So it's really given her so much more confidence, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and we get stories like this all the time. It's wonderful.
2: Oh, that is really great. And really special little miracles, aren't they?
1: Oh, they are and that's why we have the name Miracle Assistance Dogs because people were calling us up all the time and saying it's such a miraculous change in our lives um and so of course you can shorten that miracle assistance dogs m-a-d so our dog school is the mad dog school (laughs) so fudge
0: you said there was a couple of ways you can either um go along if you've got a dog to see whether a it can offer the services that you need but if if your dog is going really well can you then loan your dog out to help other people how does that sort of work
1: yeah, no, we don't um, we don't recommend that people loan their pet dog out to other people. Um, that's not a scenario that we really work with. We used to have a program a few years ago where we trained the dog and people could apply to have that dog for a week to see whether they really wanted an assistance dog to work with their child. That was usually the program. Right. What we found was that dogs really enjoyed being out there working and they really didn't want to come back and do any more training because they were getting spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So the, the idea of working compared to sleeping on the bed all day was a little bit different (laughs) so the idea
0: is you bring your own dog to help you with your needs
1: that's right yeah
2: excellent so people can um, get involved with your organization as volunteers or is that something that you don't do
1: Oh, we're always looking for volunteers, and especially those that have the um, the skills that we're looking for. Administration is a large area, but of course, dog training. We're looking for people who have skills in clicker training to come along to the dog school and learn what's a little bit different about training and assistance dog. So as I said earlier, there's that obedience side, yep. but there's also the task training and teaching the dogs to problem solve, which most people find interesting. But if anyone wants to find out about volunteering, for sure, please Contact us, um, info at miracleassistancedogs.org.au.
2: Well, it sounds like a wonderful program. Absolutely. Fudge. Yeah, I'm really impressed by, um, you know, the stories that you've told about, um, Aslan and, um, and the little, little girl that owns him. That's a really nice, um, outcome for her. Is there any other standout stories? Oh, look,
1: I have lots of them. <laughs> You could keep me here all day. We have a little girl in Sydney. Her name is Billy and she has one of our dogs. Interestingly enough its name is Fudge. (laughs) Who named that? uh, the the people who received the dog, they were very appreciative, so they named the dog after them. That's really sweet, yeah. It, it gets quite convoluted because the little girl's name is Billy and the man who donated the money to buy the puppy, his name was Billy, and they named the dog Fudge Billy. So it became very confusing. <laughs> I <laughs> bet. But that little girl has a condition called lysocephaly and that's smooth brain disorder. So her parents were told that she would never um, have be able to do things any more than about a three- to six-month-old infant. And the day that we turned up with the puppy, we took a... a crew of photographers down with us so there was two carloads of people and we turned up and we showed the little girl the puppy and the sponsor was talking to her and I looked across and the photos are being taken I looked across the room and here's the mum and dad with tears streaming down their face and I thought oh my god what have we done so I asked everyone to just take a break for a moment and I went over quietly and I said I'm terribly sorry obviously we've done something wrong and they said, "No, you don't understand. We don't see our little girl squealing with delight and deliberately Aww. trying to touch a puppy." Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, <that's laughs> goosebumps! Lovely. That must yeah. be such a rewarding job. I mean, it's just amazing what a) people like you do to facilitate this, but b) what our dogs can do um, in terms of enhancing our life. It really yeah, is, amazing. and that flow on into the community. It's just wonderful. Well, Fudge, do it you, really is a wonderful,
2: a wonderful journey that you're on, helping all of these people. And thank you for sharing your time with us today and um, I hope everything continues to grow for you.
1: Thank you very much, Cheryl. And if I can just say one more thing, we are looking for sponsors with some of our puppies at the moment. So, again, if they'd like to contact us, um, I can give you our phone number and maybe they can contact you and get our phone number that way.
0: And what was your uh, site again? Sorry, what was that? What was your website once again?
1: Uh, AU.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Fudge. David from Waratah, you've got a question for Cheryl and it's an unusual one. Tell us what your cats are doing.
3: Every time I need to take my asthma sprays, they jump up and grab them when I'm wheezy and my breathing's playing up. Or if I take them before I go to bed at night, they've got to sniff them to make sure I've taken them.
2: Oh, that's peculiar, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and they're both doing sex, and I have never trained them to do it.
2: How old are they?
3: they about two and a half, three-year-old.
2: I'm wondering if it's something to do with the noise that it makes when you're actually taking the inhaler. But I'd... Well,
3: I take it through one of those breath attacks.
0: Oh, okay. So, right, yeah. yeah. So when you say when you get it, they jump up and take the puppies yeah. like, do they pour it out of your hand? Like, they get their paws no, and no, whack it out? No, they get off
3: the bench if I need it, and I'm laying in bed... I could be nearly asleep, and when I start wheezing, they jump up and grab it.
2: That's amazing, and yeah. bring it to you. Yeah. 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 So they're, uh, they're but, almost assistant cats, aren't they? Little miracle <laughs> assistant cats.
3: Oh, I wouldn't live without them. I love them to death.
2: Oh, that's really nice. Just when you're at the vet next time, just mention it to them um, just to make sure that, yeah, that everything's okay with them jumping up and doing that. But that's um, yep. a
0: really nice little story, actually, David. Yeah, thank so
3: it you makes, for sharing. It helps
0: me out. Yeah, certainly would. Thank you yeah. very much. We really appreciate the story and uh taking your calls as well on 49216216. Now Cheryl, we're having a giggle in here today because you've brought in this article and it says has puppy love gone too far. Can I just um tell you some of the highlights from it that we've been laughing at. Now, from kissing the dog goodbye on the way out to work to having video calls with the cat, Pet owners are increasingly treating their pets like relatives. Now, apparently this new study has found that nearly one in five cat owners get up early to serve their pet breakfast absolutely one in five one in five have you done that with your dogs you get up early to serve them breakfast well with a new puppy I'm getting up a lot earlier to do toilet training and yes breakfast as well oh my goodness now this was a study of 2000 uh, dog and cat owners now the other thing that really stood out one third have let their pet into the toilet at the same time as them I can kind of understand that if they're coming in, but this part, or shared a bath with them. No, no, I couldn't
2: share a bath. <laughs> no, no,
0: the toilet I can deal with. They come in, they just want to yeah. see you, but not in the bath. That's, How about you? That's got no, never, never, never in the bath or shower. That's going a little bit too far. Maybe under the sprinkler in summer, but that's <laughs> that's about it. But the other thing that it revealed, um, one in four have confided in their animals. I think I've probably done that in the past too, you know, when you're sitting alone with your your pet and you're pouring out your heart. But this one, the survey also revealed that about a fifth of owners kiss their pet on the mouth. And Sarah? I kiss Gizmo on the nose all the time. And my husband thinks it's disgusting and that I'm the biggest weirdo. But, yeah, I give him a on the nose. I love you, Gizzy do you is that normal do you kiss your
2: dogs i cuddle and cuddle and pat and talk to them and look at them in the eyes but i don't kiss on the mouth remember those diseases that we talked <laughs> yes. about last week yes
0: mm-hmm. and the nose is probably worse than the um yeah. than the mouth. where's the nose been oh god i don't even want to know that's what sean always says that's disgusting mm. i want to know am i the only one kissing the dogs not on the mouth. i don't go in for a big old pash with the maltese but yeah i just i love them i love when they're noses are wet too. Yeah. I'm gross. I'm a big cuddler. You're a I really cuddler. love to cuddle. Aww. Yeah, you so see you've got bigger dogs where right. you can get right in with the poodles and yeah. you know, Gizzy, or you can cuddle him but you kind of scoop him up and, you know, it just feels appropriate to give him a bit of a now, Cheryl, of course, we can't forget our pets when the weather warms up. Now, um, we, we often think of our dogs and cats, but we sometimes forget about our other animals, don't I know. we?
2: and these little birds. It's really important that we keep lots of water up. So if you've got an aviary or got pet birds, make sure that you're leaving plenty of water for them as well. And don't forget those native animals. We know that the little magpies at the moment
0: have babies, and so if you can put a bowl of water out for them as well. What about goldfish? Oh. <laughs> I, I worry about my fish warming up too much i've been keeping the blinds down so they're not you know you do have have to be careful of
2: that because if they are near a window they can both things if it's cold weather they that water can really chill Mm. down um but certainly the the hotter that water gets, the more um, worrying for those little goldfish And the bacteria in that, in that I That's guess, right, it grows. going to breed really quickly. Mm,
0: okay, mm. well, something to think about. We've got Anne on the line now from Lemon Tree Passage. Now, we were just talking about um, kissing dogs. Anne, the study has come out that says uh, one in five pet owners actually kiss their their pet on the mouth. And I've admitted to giving my dog a little peck on the nose. What's your story?
1: Oh, my story is I have a little Jack Russell and. A couple of years ago, I was going out with some lipstick on and I kissed him on the top of his head, his wife, and um, when my husband came home, he thought Spike had hurt himself or cut himself and (laughs) the lipstick was still there, so it's a little habit now I still do when I go out. I've got (laughs) lipstick on, I kiss him on the top. Oh, that's (laughs) cute. That poor little Spike had lipstick on the top of his head for hours.
0: (laughs) So, did your husband call the vets or what did he do? he just thought, oh, he's just a bit injured here, but... He had a closer look and realized what I've done and he said, oh, that stupid woman,
1: look what she's done again.
0: I do that to my son. I kiss him when I come home on the cheek and so often, you know, someone else goes, oh, he's got a rash or there's something going on and it's just the old lippy.
1: I know, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's just my story. I heard you on the way home, so I thought I'd just ring up and... Tell you my story.
0: Thanks for sharing, Ed. And, of course, you've got a free DIY bath and dry thanks to Dog Overboard. Oh, that's wonderful. So you can wash that lipstick off Spike, (laughs) okay? (laughs) We've got Sarah on the line now from Maitland. Now, you've got an older cat that is asking for milk again. Tell Cheryl what's going on, Sarah.
2: How old is your cat, Sarah?
3: I'd love to know. Oh. Um, a neighbour next door uh, gave it to us before she went into a home, Right. and that was about five years ago. That she said she was about sixteen, so oh, I've got an wow. no idea. She, yeah, she's oh, an older cat. She then, sure yeah. is, and but she seems more sprightly for for an older cat. Despite she like she had a funny stroke issue a um, couple of weeks ago, a uh, couple of months ago, and then she sort of recovered from that. She was sort of totally paralysed at the back for like one day, and then. That gradually went. And then um, I'd moved out of the place. We were stuck in a room together. She saw me having coffee and then she was eyeing off the milk. And now she's sitting here again wanting milk. I've been giving her normal milk. The lactose hasn't seemed to be making her dunny runny or anything like that.
2: that.
3: Sarah, after the stroke, has she seen a vet? No, no, okay. she's come She's come good again. She seems younger and healthier than she was before, and it's quite bizarre.
2: Yeah, I would probably just take her to the vet just to get everything checked out. Oh, yeah, I'm,
3: I'm thinking I'm, I'll just get her a little check-up. Yeah, but she's I, I going so... on about milk all the time, yeah. and I'm thinking, well, she's an older cat, and every sitting she's coming out asking for milk, and she's even now up in her hind legs. Is she
2: still eating and, her, her um, meals normally? Oh, Yeah yep just just wanted yeah the... she's
3: just gotten she's just now obsessed with with normal milk with normal cow's milk and I'm thinking well, it would be better wouldn't it if I got her the lactose free stuff does it affect them does it or is it is it also good for their bones at that age?
2: I'd definitely get it checked out by the vet and just ask what he what your vet's opinion is at this stage with the given the age and everything else just to make sure that um, everything's working, you know how it should be
3: because mm. yeah, well, she's still having water and everything but she's, yeah, but she's
2: not yeah we just don't want to make sure that she's substituting um, you know the milk for other things as well we need to keep her nice and healthy So, just, oh no
3: I'm not giving it to her at every sitting and only a little bit but yeah, she's standing yeah. here staring at me now not doing anything until I give her some
2: yeah and she's probably <laughs> giving you that look that says hey it's me over here
3: Mm. Yeah. All right, Sarah. The cat's version of the puppy eyes. Yes, exactly.
2: And
0: it's hard to say no. Well, look, I say if the vets say yes, once you get a check, then a little treat. But, yeah, get, get their advice. And thank you for calling. Of course, you've got a DIY bath and dry as well. Thanks to Dog Overboard. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're it's welcome. Pleasure. Oh, well, that's almost about time for us, Cheryl. Thank yes. you again for coming in. My pleasure. Kissing We're... dogs, it's always a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see the uh, people saying you're even grosser than what we thought. But <laughs> a little wet nose. How can you not give it a bit of a... Yeah. And you know the the
2: story with the kissing on the top of the head? I get lots of dogs come through with lipstick all over me. Do you? Absolutely. See,
0: we do. We do treat our pets like humans. Absolutely. We are back same time next week. Cheryl Shaw, thank you for coming in. My pleasure, Sarah.